Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner, presented by Bet Rivers. Hey, it's Holden Mavison. It is the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. This is going to be all about Russell Wilson and the Broncos. Uh, best bets, or I'll give you the odds actually, on the Broncos winning the Super Bowl, the AFC, the AFC West. Ryan Edwards, Orange and Blue Radio. You know who he is if you're a Broncos fan. He joins me, plus my buddy on Wednesdays, Ian St. Clair with PlayColorado.com. He's not just my friend on Wednesdays, by the way. He's my friend every day of the week. But let's get into this. Yesterday, if you watched my emergency pod or listened to it, you know how excited I was. And I think everybody else was just going absolutely bananas in Denver yesterday. So let me give you a little timetable, and then I'll give you the odds on the Broncos now. Are the Broncos a Super Bowl contender, and what's next for the offense? So the front range four, the four biggest stories that are going on on the front range, timetable of yesterday. So... Here's what I was doing. I, I wonder what you were doing. I'm sitting at home getting ready for the for the day because I don't do a show on Tuesday. And all of a sudden, Pat McAfee, I see him on Twitter. He's like, Aaron Rodgers is coming back to Green Bay. And Ian Rappaport, Aaron Rodgers coming back to Green Bay. And I said, ah, that kind of stinks. That kind of stinks. Like, really? Are, are you kidding me? He's going to Green Bay two straight years trying to get a quarterback here, and it's not going to happen. Now, I will also preface this by saying I've had multiple shows where I said it's a pipe dream that Russell Wilson comes to Denver. So what I'm thinking is, all right, you're either screwed with Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater or some other middling, mediocre quarterback. So Aaron Rodgers staying in Green Bay, right? Everybody's bummed. Looks like seven years without the playoffs. They can't find a QB. And I go get my hair cut. I get my hair cut. And it's the barbershop. It's a nice barbershop. Everybody talks about sports. We all talk about betting. Uh, one guy's a Cowboys fan from Denver. Uh, you got a couple of other Denver fans there. There's a Raiders. It's just a hodgepodge of guys. So it's probably about eight or nine people. And one lady in there. She was a diehard Broncos fan too. So we're just talking. We're BSing. I'm getting a nice haircut. It's been about six months. And all of a sudden, I hear these screams like, Yeah! And a couple of expletives. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you here. There's, there's some bad words. And <laughs> I go, what's going on? I get up and I peek around and the barber's looking at me too. And uh, they're yelling. And I look at the TV and on the bottom it says, deal reached to send Russell, to trade Russell Wilson to the Broncos. 
And I looked at it, I'm like, this is not, come on, this is a joke. And then I stepped back for like 10 seconds. I said, holy moly, the prayer has been answered. Russell Wilson is coming to the Denver Broncos, and they finally found a quarterback for the first time since Peyton Manning. And actually, this is this actually might be, when it's all said and done, if they can win a Super Bowl, this might be better than Peyton Manning um, from the standpoint that, remember Peyton toward the end of his career? He got benched the year they won the Super Bowl. You know, this will be a situation where the Broncos have a great defense, a new special teams coordinator, which is going to be big, and now Russell Wilson and a great running game. So screaming, it's great. Everything's great. We don't have to listen to fans clamoring for Drew Locke anymore. And I know it was a small portion of fans who were very vocal, but I was asked the question, what's holding the Seahawks back though? They got D DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, um, great running game. And I said, the thing that's holding them back now is Drew Locke. Like Drew Locke starts here this year. It's just another losing season. It's probably worse than last year. There was also Wentz and Jimmy Garoppolo and some other QBs that were the only option. It was sad. And this just cured everything, everything. Cause you have to have an elite quarterback to compete in the AFC, you know, in the NFC, Jimmy G, a great defense, a great running game that can get you maybe to, it could get you to the Super Bowl. It could get you to the NFC championship game that ain't working in the AFC right now. Now I know the Titans did that. They're the outlier. They're the outlier. So you got to have an elite quarterback. It's possible that the Broncos have the sixth best quarterback in the AFC. Some would say that some would say that they go, well, you, you got Mahomes and Allen and I would put Mahomes and Allen ahead of Russell Wilson for now, for now. We'll see if Russ is a little energized, but I, I think it's Allen and Mahomes really at the top of the list. Then you got guys like Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow. I would put Russell Wilson a little bit ahead of those guys. You know, prove it to me. Do it again, Joe Burrow. And as far as Lamar Jackson goes, we know who he is. He's a running quarterback. He was more accurate last year before he got injured. So I think you got the best, the third best quarterback in the AFC maybe the best defense. And I'm looking forward to seeing how Nathaniel Hackett tailors this offense around Russell Wilson. You know, that offense was never tailored around Russell Wilson in Seattle. It was always Pete Carroll, whoever the offensive coordinator was, let's run the ball a ton. Don't let Russ cook. I, th I think he cooks a lot here. I think he's in the kitchen a lot. Okay, number two on the front range for it's a betting show. So let's give you the odds. The... Um, the 1,200 plus 1,200. So the Broncos are tied with the Rams to win the Super Bowl. It was plus 1,800 yesterday to start the day. And uh, actually, it was plus 1,200 to start the day. Then it was plus 1,800. Then I saw it plus 2,000. Now it's sitting at about 12 to 1. And, and that's not a bad deal. I'm not going to bet it. I don't, just out of my own uh, volition here, I, I don't bet futures in the NFL unless they're unders because of the injury attrition rate. So plus 1,200 to win it all, plus 600 to win the AFC behind the Bills and the Chiefs. That's not a bad bet, six to one. Because if they get off to a hot start, you're probably not getting that much more than four to one. So six to one is not a bad time. And then plus 225 to win the AFC West behind the Chiefs. That's not completely unattainable. Let's not forget the Chiefs were kind of a debacle for half the season last year. And then they turned it on and then ultimately got to the playoffs uh, where it didn't work out for them. But to win the Super Bowl, let's settle down a little bit. It is possible to win the AFC plus 600, maybe to win the AFC West plus 225. That's not a bad bet. That's not a bad bet at all. Number three, let's get into this. Are the Broncos legitimate Super Bowl contenders now? Okay, so you don't trade two firsts, the seconds. You don't give all the, the, the players away. You don't make this trade unless you think you can win a Super Bowl. If you're making this trade, well, we could be just a playoff team. You don't make this trade. It doesn't work that way. You do this deal if you think you have the roster to win a Super Bowl and all you need is the great quarterback. So I think the passing game goes from a D plus to probably a B plus with the addition of Wilson. And it's not that Wilson isn't 
you know, an A quarterback, I still have a little issues about the weapons here, but I'm in the minority. And I can't wait to hear from Ryan Edwards and Ian on these two things because I think I'm the only guy that thinks they need another wide receiver. I also want to see another big offensive. I just want to see a big offensive weapon in the passing game. How about that? The running game is an A. The defense can be an A again. The special teams is going to be better because Tom McMahon is gone. They have a likely coaching upgrade. I mean, if it's worse than Vic Fangio, they are screwed. So last year with Teddy, with Bridgewater, they were 7-6 and six before his injury. They were the epitome of mediocre. Then Drew Locke came in. So I think, let's just talk about the 13 games. At a minimum, you would think that the coaching would get you another win or two because it can't be as bad as Fangio, right? And you would also think that the upgrade from Teddy to Russell is going to get you another two to three wins minimum. I'm looking at this team through 13 games, nine and four, 10 and three. Okay, the win improvement is a nine and four, 10 and three. So that's two or three games right there. And over 17 games, I see them, I'm interested in seeing the win total because this is a 12 or 13 game, a 12 or 13 win team. I bet you they put it at 12 and a half. Or at least that's where they should put it. I, I'm setting the line for 12 and a half. I don't see the team totals right now for the Broncos. So 12 and a half is where I would set it. Number four, what's next for the offense? Because I think there's a lot of fans that are just looking at this saying, oh, they, they got everything they need. They got Cortland Sutton. They got Jerry Judy, blah, 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 blah. Now, I, I personally... Do not, um, I, I, I just don't look at this offense and say it's great. Now, I look back at the 2015 season when they beat the Broncos in the Super Bowl. Here was the wide receivers they had. Doug Baldwin was their one. Tyler Lockett was their two. Jermaine Curse, Paul Richardson. Not a great wide receiver core, okay? I think the Broncos are still either going to have to trade for Tyler Lockett which is not out of the realm of possibility, although you've given up a lot of draft capital with Russell Wilson. Maybe you bring back Manny Sanders, a, a nice veteran there. He's not over the top, but a very comfortable uh, receiver to throw to. Is there enough with Cortland Sutton? Did we see much out of him last year? We didn't. I thought he went backwards. Maybe this rejuvenates him. Maybe he gets to the point where he was a couple of years ago. Jerry Judy has not proven himself. Jerry Judy has not been able to stay healthy. We know he's an elite talent. Lots to prove. Lots to prove. Obviously, a good quarterback is going to give you a better shot. K.J. Hamler, deep threat, fine with him. Tim Patrick, possession receiver, fine with him. I don't see the exceptional number one option, though. Okay? Yeah, I'd rather have the number one quarterback option as opposed to the number one wide receiver option. But... I just don't see it right now. There's so much to prove. There's so much up in the air. Here's my guy, Russell Gage. He was with the Falcons. He's a free agent now. He can do damage on the outside. He can do damage in the slot. He could be a legitimate number three receiver and really, really build out this offense. So I think they need to pick up a wide receiver, free agency, a trade. Uh, number two, they need a veteran tight end to play alongside Albert O. Okay, I'd like to see a nice pass-catching red zone threat. And the first guy that pops to my mind is a guy that Russell Wilson had a lot of chemistry with last season, Gerald Everett. Now, Gerald Everett had one of the worst games I've ever seen in my life. Dropped a touchdown pass, fumbled at the goal line. It was a really bad game. And guess what? Russell Wilson just kept going back to him even after that game. So Gerald Everett is my guy there. Zach Ertz, Jimmy Graham, C.J. Uzoma, Jared Cook. Lots of options. Lots of options at tight end if they want to go that way. At running back, Javante, I still don't want to see Javante get 300 touches. I don't want him running him into the ground in the regular season. I think he should get maybe 275. But now that you have a quarterback, I think you've got to just adjust some of the workload here. Now, obviously, in your big game in the, in the regular season and you, you need him to touch the ball 30 times, okay, there'll be some outliers. There'll be some outliers, but... You need somebody else back there with him. Melvin Gordon, I would be fine bringing back Melvin Gordon. He's a good real-life running back. I feel like everybody plays fantasy football now, and they want Javante to be the, the running back one, to be the greatest running back. Well, again, I don't want the guy touching the ball 30 times a game. 
I don't want the guy touching the ball 25 times a game too often. 17-game season now. Hopefully, you're playing playoff games too. Young guy, but do you just want to run him into the ground so he lasts two, three more seasons? I don't think so, no. Leonard Fournette's out there. Maybe they draft a rookie. Be fine with that too. I'd like to see Melvin Gordon back. And I think the improvement in the offensive line last year was just terrific. There's going to be a lot of play action with with Russell Wilson too. But anyways, they probably need a new right tackle. They were okay with Bobby Massey, but it's Bobby Massey. You know, it doesn't do too much for any of us. So let's get into the meat and potatoes with Ryan Edwards from Orange and Blue. He does the post-game show for the Broncos. And then later on in the program, it'll be Ian St. Clair. This is the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Being a homer has its perks at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Every day, Bet Rivers offers a special hometown discount on parlays involving local teams. To get your hometown discount, just open the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app and check the daily specials to place your bet on a unique parlay with hometown teams and players. Then root, root, root for the home team and win together. Bet today on the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app. Or go to BetRivers.com. Must be 21 and located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. For more real-time relevant sports betting news and information, listen to VEASAN in Denver on Altitude Sports 950. VEASAN, the sports betting network, is on the air in Denver. Listen to relevant real-time sports betting news and information on Denver's Altitude Sports 950. Follow the money, a numbers game, Lombardi line, my guys in the desert, the nightcap, and much, much more from VEASAN, the sports betting network, on the air in Denver on Altitude Sports 950. As promised, Ryan Edwards, Orange and Blue, he does the uh, post game for the Broncos, and he does a show. Well, you know what? I'm going to let him plug all this stuff before we get going. Ryan, is not, he's sitting in a car today doing this interview. This is how good a guy Ryan is. Ryan, uh, deflate, I've got you as the deflate gate creator, but I know you do other things besides for the, <laughs> causing controversy. So tell everybody what you do again. Uh, yeah, so I, I host a, a show on uh, the Broncos flagship KOA uh, weeknights from 6 to 9 p.m. Uh, called Broncos Country Tonight with Benjamin Albright. And then, yeah, I, I do the – I'm the studio voice, so I do the pregame, halftime, and postgame for the Broncos on uh, the flagship. And then, yeah, I, I was the first person to ever tweet out hashtag Deflategate. Um, again, it's like – Kind of a dumb thing, especially in light of, of maybe it was like mostly made up and all that, but whatever. I still think it's funny. Well, listen, yeah, now we know it's mostly made up and uh, don't blame yourself for that. Let's get into this, buddy. <laughs> Congratulations. Your show is about to uh, really, really, really take off with this news. And you're a lifelong guy. I mean, you're a lifelong Broncos guy. Take me through yesterday, the Aaron Rodgers announcement, and then you learn Russell's coming to town. Yeah, well, you know, I even had somebody uh, sending me a DM about Russell Wilson being a pipe dream or something along those lines. Me. But... <laughs> me. No, no, no. And we can talk about that, too, in a minute. But please, <laughs> tell me about yesterday. Yeah, so, I mean, sure, you know, like, we'd, we'd kind of known for a little while. Uh, you know, my 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 guy, Ben Albright's pretty connected. So we'd kind of known for at least a week, if not a little longer, that Russell Wilson was, or sorry, that Aaron Rodgers was not coming to the Broncos, that he was going to be returning to the Packers. He was doing some leverage plays there towards the end of the week. But, you know, there was enough doubt cre creeping in. There was enough people out there that were kind of saying, well, he might, you know, wake up one morning and feel different, right? I mean, because he's kind of a, he's kind of that dude, right? He's a little bit mm -hmm. off. So, um, you know, we, we kind of like, okay, well, the door's still slightly open, but understanding that it's it's heavily leaning towards him going back to the Packers. And so what's the Broncos' alternative options? Now, what's, what's smart for the Broncos and what we we assumed and we talked about on the show for a long time is, you know, you can do multiple things. You know, there is such a thing as multitasking. So as you are trying to be in on Aaron Rodgers, it doesn't mean you can't be putting together other packages, other options for what your quarterback can look like, including Russell Wilson. So, you know, I, I, I think for, for the most part, we'd been saying on the show, hey, up in Seattle, things are not good. Like, it's, it's, it's not good. So... There, there's a possibility that this is, is, is well in play. Just the timeline is really weird because you didn't know if, 
if Seattle was going to walk all the way up to the draft or, you know, you just didn't know the timeline for the Seahawks. We knew the timeline for the Packers more or less, just not for the Seahawks. So, yeah, I mean, the, the emotions were all over the place, right? I mean, you, you see the news about Aaron Rodgers and you immediately start going, all right, well, uh, what's next? You know, like we got to start thinking about, you know, the, the next options. And we knew there were going to be people like you who were going to say, why are you even talking about Russell Wilson? Uh, because that's not really like you. <laughs> that's not even a, that's not even a real option. And, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad that it, it ended up being it went the way it did, because it would have felt in that moment like, here we go again. We're going to talk about what is a bit of a long shot option, even though we know the information behind the scenes. And uh, I'm obviously elated that that happened. Well, listen, I worked in Seattle for about a year and a half, and I still got guys up there. And this whole offseason, they're like, they're not trading Russell Wilson. They're not going to do it. And I think what happened, and just tell me if I'm wrong here. What, and, and again, I am the guy that said it was a pipe dream because I really thought it was. What happened was they got a call and they couldn't believe the package that they were getting. So they said, okay, let's go into full rebuild. This is what we wanted. Now, maybe they would have gotten more off uh, last off season, but I don't think they were ready to throw in the towel there. So how was it that you just kept saying it's not a pipe dream? Because you did bring it up a couple of times to me. Yeah, well, and, and it's because we knew the situation up there. We, you know, once the once the Seattle organization decided to stay with John Schneider and Pete Carroll and re-up with them, well, that for me was like, okay, well, so they're backing that horse instead of their franchise quarterback. We knew for a fact that Russell Wilson was not happy with the way the offense had gone, wasn't happy with the direction and the overall philosophy of things up there. So that, that's that's why, you know, it's like you, you have that information, nothing has changed, and, you know, it's just a little bit similar slightly to with the Packers. Like, the things that made Aaron Rodgers angry were still there. Only now he didn't have some of his favorite coaches as well. You know, no Nathaniel Hackett, no Luke Getze. So this, the argument's still the same. It's, I was like, okay, well, maybe you make up. Maybe you say that outwardly. But that doesn't mean that the, the issues aren't still remaining and that one little trigger could be like, yep, this is exactly what I was talking about. This is exactly why I want to change the scenery. And, you know, these guys are worried about legacy. They're worried about the way they're going to be viewed. Russell Wilson is not a slam dunk Hall of Famer. Like, like he, he'll probably get in, but it, it won't be probably first ballot at this point. So I think he, he thinks about those kinds of things. So that, that's why we had maintained that that situation was still uh, still possibility. We just didn't really kind of know the timeline on it. And the Broncos, they obviously worked really hard behind the scenes to, to make it happen. Fascinating. Really is fascinating stuff. So let, let's move on here. As far as this team, how much better did they get? There were seven and six team in the 13 games with Bridgewater. I throw the Drew Locke stuff out. Um, first 13 games now, you've got a new coach that can't make his in-game decisions as poorly as Fangio, and now you actually have a real quarterback. I set the odds at 12 and a half regular season wins. You know, 12 and five, 13 and four. What are you thinking, just off the cuff? Well, I mean, Russell Wilson... I think what is it, only two seasons of his 10, he didn't reach 10 wins. So I think you sort of have to start saying that they're in that range. It's tough division. You know, you're playing, you're playing really good teams, really good quarterbacks every week. So, uh, you know, I, I hadn't gotten far enough to, to start talking about win totals. But, yeah, I think okay. you, you throw in there around, 10, you know, 10 to 12 wins um, is, is kind of the baseline of what you're looking at. And, again, what a stark contrast for what the Broncos have been over the last several years. I mean, their last winning season. Winning season was in 2016 right after the Super Bowl, and they got to nine wins. It's the most wins they've had since then. And, and you know, again, we've had seasons of five and six and seven, and it's just it's just been such a, a mess, and they have not gotten the quarterback right. They finally got the quarterback right, and, and we know what this league looks like when you do have that. So uh, the, the fact that they weren't – they didn't have to give up Bradley Chubb, Jerry Judy, Draymond Jones, like all these guys that I thought were – cornerstone players um, in this trade you know you mentioned the draft hall honestly for me I, I felt like the Broncos still came out ahead in this thing even oh, though they yes. gave up two ones and two twos and and three players listen Drew Locke no offense both were on their final year of the rookie contracts no offense you could do a fifth year option but you don't understand my point uh, Shelby Harris a good player he's a really good player he's a good locker room guy but he, you could find some production you could replace that reproduction that's no offense to him I'm a big Shelby Harris fan um, and then the draft picks, you know, uh, George Payton does a great job drafting. So I, I like what he would potentially do with that. But the potential versus what you have with Russell Wilson is not is not even close. By the way, you also bought yourself at least five to seven years minimum uh, of a window 
versus a two-year window in the draft. So for me, this was a no-brainer. So let me ask you this. Uh, season ends day after the Super Bowl. Hey, Ryan, would you, ra- Ryan, would you, <laughs> would you rather have okay. Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson? What would you have said, and what do you say now? Uh, Russell Wilson. In fact, we, we talked about this. I remember going back and forth with Alfred Williams uh, just, I think, December when we were talking about the quarterback, and we were kind of – and he asked us point blank, which one would you rather have? And both Ben and I were like, unequivocally, Russell Wilson. He's younger. Uh, he doesn't come with the off-field, quote-unquote, baggage, right? You don't deal with the, the diva personality. I mean, there's a little bit of a quirkiness with Russ with his unlimited stuff. But, like, there's not – it's not like, you know, Aaron Rodgers with the I've been immunized and, you know, going on McAfee and saying bombastic things like he's not that dude. Right. So uh, he's a good community guy, good family man. Um, there's just there's just, you know, and again, he's younger, probably has many more years. Your window is much wider versus Aaron Rodgers. You're hoping for two to three years. So, no, this this is a no brainer for me. Um, and this guy's going to come in with a chip on his shoulder. And by the way. Uh, his contract, at least if they, they leave it alone for at least this year, very, very palatable. You can put some players around him, too. Okay, so I was looking back at the Super Bowl season when they get the Broncos here. And here's the, here's the wide receiver core, because I think I'm going to be in the minority when I tell you what I'm thinking. Tyler Lockett, Doug Baldwin, Jermaine Curse, Paul Richardson. Baldwin was the number one. He was in his prime. Yep. Lockett yep. was a young guy, right? Yep. Um, I look at this wide receiver core here, and I think more than anything, you just hope that Russell Wilson makes these guys better. Cortland Sutton, who I think had some issues last year. Jerry Judy hasn't been able to stay healthy. Want to see Hamler come back. Love that. I think, and Tim Patrick too, but I think they need another receiver. I, I really do. Um, and I don't know if they address it this offseason. They obviously need a tight end too. And Gerald Everett's my guy. Wilson and Everett loved each other last year. Are you with me or yeah. against me? Do they need another option in the passing game? I, you know, I could I could see the, the conversation for it. I mean, Cortland Sutton was a pro bowler before his injury. So mm-hmm. I think that – and that was with Drew Locke throwing to him. So um, I, I think there's this belief that with a better quarterback, he could be, get right back into that, and he could be the Broncos' version of D.K. Metcalf. You know, I mean, D.K. Metcalf's a physical freak. Um, Cortland Sutton not quite built the same, but I think that as an X, that's a little bit what they're hoping. I think they're thinking K.J. Hamler can be a little bit of that guy, takes the top off like Lockett. And then Jerry Judy – Honestly, this is the year. Like, this is it, man. He got hurt last year. He had, he had a great start to the season, but then he got hurt early on. And then, you know, he just really never kind of got back into it. And, you know, keep in mind, too, you know, these two years of Jerry Judy were with Pat Shermer. Uh, I, I can't wait to see with Jerry Judy with an OC that actually knows what he's doing. So uh, let's, let's, let's also keep, keep in mind here, he's not going to be running fake jet sweeps over and over and over again with no attention <laughs> to give him the ball. So... And Jerry Judy didn't have a single touchdown. He had like, like, like. I think he ended up with four or five targets in the red zone. Like, that's not going to happen here. So there's just, you know, like people have this perception of like what he is already, and I don't think we've really even seen like what he's capable of because he hasn't been given a chance. So uh, he's got to stay healthy. But yeah, I, I, I can see the argument. Um, it, it sort of depends on what it looks like, and the Broncos would probably have to do that in free agency because the draft, um, it would be you know a day three guy at this point. Yeah. All right, I think we covered the uh, the main things here in a short amount of time, and I appreciate you hopping in the car, talking with me. I know you've got international uh, interviews to do today. You've got so much to do today. So, my friend, I really appreciate it, and have fun. Uh, again, this is good for my podcast. This is even better for you guys because for the first time in six years, you actually have some optimism. It's nice, right? It is nice. It is nice. And to be relevant again, which is also fun. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, it's going to be a really exciting season. I can't wait. Thanks for having me on, Holden. Oh, of course. I'm going to give you a little statistical breakdown. Rodgers versus Wilson next on the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers Sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets. That's why players love the same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for. Combine two bets or combine many. You pick your confidence level and then watch the game unfold. Bet on same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today. Must be 21 and located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. 
Okay, let's get into the stats. Let's just do this. Aaron Rodgers versus Russell Wilson. And again, we would have been really excited if Aaron Rodgers came to town. I thought that was maybe the expectation of a lot of people. And for me, just told you with, with Ryan Edwards, I thought it was a pipe dream. And I really think uh, until probably last week, it was a pipe dream and things going on behind the scenes. Boy, uh, fascinating stuff here. So let's talk about Wilson and Rodgers. And, and I've gone on record a million times. I'd rather have Wilson, A, younger, B, he's in his prime. I think, you know, Aaron Rodgers is in his prime, but at the end of his prime. And Russell Wilson's in the prime of his prime. These are both great leaders. Russell's a little bit corny. I don't know if you followed him on Twitter, but he's he's a corny dude. Seems like a nice guy. Uh, great leaders, though. A pure passing advantage, Rodgers. Um, A-Rod rarely turns the ball over. Although, you know what? Russ, he wasn't turning the ball over that much. Last year, I would kind of throw it out. The year before that, it was just a disaster. And let's face it, 13 months ago was when things really got bad between the two sides. Thought it had worked out. Team had a season under 500, and Peyton blew him away with an offer. A win percentage. A lot of it has to do with other factors, but I think pretty similar. 677. Um, so 67%, 67.7%. Russell Wilson, 66.1%. Pretty close. Completion percentage. Rodgers, 65%. Wilson, 65%. Interception percentage. All right, so Wilson's a little higher here, but still in the elite category. Rodgers, 1.3. Wilson, 1.8. And then the game-winning drives. This is the fascinating thing. Russell Wilson has 35 game-winning drives in a much shorter career than Aaron Rodgers. 28. Wow. That's, they'll never be out of a game. That's great. Uh, Wilson's the better runner. Wilson is younger. The stats are not that much difference. Um, as far as the weapons go, I think they're kind of similar with the exception of Green Bay having the best receiver in the league in Devontae Adams. And you just don't have that here. But I think, you know, there, there are good signs for Judy and Sutton going forward, even though I think they need another receiving option. I, you've got a massive QB upgrade. You've got Jerry Judy hopefully healthy now. You've got Cortland Sutton an extra year off the surgery. You've got passing rate over exception, over uh, expectation, which should just go through the roof with Russell Wilson there. And you're also opening up 90 targets that Noah Fant's leaving. So I think Judy and Sutton's numbers need to be um, pretty damn good this season or you've got to figure out another way to go it's going to help the running game too it's going to help the running game too so i think that's interesting just wanted to bring up what's left for the broncos here in the draft they've got five picks in the top 115 which is nice 64th overall 75th overall 96th overall you can get good players in the top 100 and even outside of the top 100 i mean russell was what a fourth round pick They've got 113 and 114 too. It's amazing how many of these guys, um, how many of these draft picks they have. George Payton, that I'm telling you, that Von Miller trade, really one of the keys. And maybe Von comes back, but it allowed them to get Russell Wilson. And the bad blood, I mean, there it was there between Wilson and the organization. Like I said, last year, then they got closer to the season. Everything looked nice. And then a, a season under 500. And I think the Seahawks realized that they needed to rebuild, you know, and Carroll just, Pete Carroll just never wanted to commit to Russell Wilson throwing. It was maddening. I just, I, I never understood it. Russell Wilson never understood it. And I think we're going to see a lot more of an open offense built around Russell Wilson and his arm. And he's a better runner now than Aaron Rodgers. It's just a great deal. And for the first time again in a long time, six years, the Denver Broncos have a shot at winning the Super Bowl. The Denver Broncos, it would be a massive catastrophe if they didn't make the playoffs this year. I mean, something horrible would have to go on. Russell Wilson would probably have to get injured for them to not make the playoffs. Super Bowl expectations, yes. Could they win the AFC West? Yes. Are there really good quarterbacks in the division? Yes. 
Mahomes, Herbert, Wilson. I'm not hearing this garbage that he's the third best quarterback in the division. Okay. Justin Herbert, great young quarterback, doesn't have the resume yet. And that team with the Chargers consistently mediocre team, coaching decisions have backfired. I am a Staley guy, but he is a young head coach still. I put Russell Wilson right behind Patrick Mahomes. And I think he's the third best quarterback in the AFC behind Allen and Mahomes. My buddy Ian St. Clair, he's going to join us. PlayColorado.com. Going to talk more Broncos with him. Uh, maybe we'll get into this Calvin Ridley situation. All, all pro players suspended um, for betting. That's a little dangerous too. Talk about that next. Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Being a homer has its perks at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Every day, Bet Rivers offers a special hometown discount on parlays involving local teams. To get your hometown discount, just open the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app and check the daily specials to place your bet on a unique parlay with hometown teams and players. Then root, root, root for the home team and win together. Bet today on the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app or go to betrivers.com. Must be 21 and located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. It's Wednesday, and that means my man, Ian St. Clair from PlayColorado.com. we got a lot to discuss, my friend. Big smile on your face today after suffering through six years of suckiness with the Broncos, things looking good. Uh, your abs, lots to discuss there with the abs. And I do want to talk some Calvin Ridley with you. Haven't had a chance to do that with all of the Aaron Rodgers news, but uh, let's start, buddy. Take me through your day yesterday. I keep asking everybody this because I've told my story. It was nuts. It was deflating. Then it was elation. How was yesterday for you? And how are you doing today? What are you thinking? So yesterday it was one of those, is this really happening? Because I I was on TweetDeck, which is another spinoff of Twitter. If you use it for work or whatever, it, it, it's glorious. TweetDeck is awesome. But that's when the Aaron Rodgers news dropped. Pat McAfee, Ian Rappaport, and the rest started dropping the, the Aaron Rodgers news that he was going back to Green Bay, which isn't surprising. I think everyone knew that that was going to happen. But then it started, as you said, started getting into doom and gloom. So I closed TweetDeck. I was like, I can't deal with this. And I was literally on the, oh, my God, they are going to run it back with Drew Locke and then go out and sign Mitch Trubisky. That was literally where I was at. And I just lost myself in my work. And then I saw the Mile High Report Slack was blowing up. I was like, okay, what is this about? And then I look and I stopped. Holy crap, is this real? Mm -hmm. And then I opened TweetDeck and I see Tom Pelissaro and Adam Schefter. And then I just blurted out, holy. Mm -hmm. And my wife was like, what's going on? I was like, the Denver Broncos just traded for Russell Wilson. And saying it now, I still don't believe it. I, I I have been in, as I told you before we started recording this, I've been in a high elevation delirium. And it's not because of the lack of oxygen. It's just because I can't believe this is still happening. I'm ecstatic. I'm in disbelief. And the Broncos are back. And looking at the odds at Bet Rivers, it is this is mind-boggling to me. They have the fifth best odds to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, that quickly, because of one player, I I just I I am on I am on cloud fifty-two eighty. I'm on cloud three. How about that? Hopefully, no outside uh, influences have gotten you that high. But uh, we'll not, just not move on with it. <laughs> yeah, not at this point. <laughs> you don't need it. I'm drinking the H2O water, man. I, I'm just, I'm, yeah. I'm lapping good. this up. It, 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 good. Because I'm telling you, I, I've told this story a million times. I was in the barber shop yesterday. Everybody was upset. And then all of a sudden I heard screams. And it was like joy and elation. Let me ask you this. You're around for Peyton Manning when he comes here. What are the similarities, the differences between the mood from when he came here Peyton Manning, and now Russell Wilson. The, Different circumstances, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. But still. I, I think that the feelings are the same. It, it, it's bringing hope back. It's bringing excitement back. It's bringing that the Broncos are back, baby. 
that's what that does. In terms of the scenarios, it was different because Peyton Manning went on trips to teams. He went to Denver. He went to Arizona. He went to Nashville. And I always got the sense that he was going to pick the Broncos. I mean, I'm a Broncos fan through and through. I have been, but they were in a great position, just like they are now. They were a quarterback away from competing because they won a playoff game with Tim Frickin' Tebow. You bring in Peyton Manning with that defense at the time with Elvis Doomerville, a young Von Miller. They were that close, and Peyton proved that they were. This is different because we talked about what the Broncos would do at quarterback, and we both thought there is no way Pete Carroll and the Seahawks are trading Russell Wilson. You just do not give up a franchise quarterback like Russell Wilson. Well, apparently, George Payton and the Seahawks have been talking since the Senior Bowl. I think that that shows what Payton was up to, that he started laying the egg at, the, at laying the Easter egg for the Seahawks at the Senior Bowl with these discussions. It just came out of nowhere. I I don't think it, it was it was one of those like man I I would love this I'd love for it to happen. I think it's a better fit than Aaron Rodgers, given the age and the salary cap and contract implications, at least right now. But it it just wasn't those, it wasn't a possibility given the fact that are the Seahawks really going to give him up? And from there, it's, it was unexpected while the Peyton Manning was expected, but the end result is the same where, like I said, it's bringing hope, excitement, enthusiasm, and a team that's going to contend and compete again. So, my friend, still, I, I've got a couple of questions for you here. I'm in the minority, I think. I think that the Broncos are going to need one more uh, pass catcher. And I think it's going to have to be uh, an upgrade over either Tim, pa- Tim Patrick and KJ Hamler and just a fallback option if Judy gets hurt or if Sutton isn't back to where he is supposed to be. I think they need a wide receiver. I'd love to, I don't know if they have anything left to give for Tyler Lockett, but that would be pretty cool. I think at the tight end position, I want to get your thoughts there too, because Gerald Everett, Russell Wilson loved Gerald Everett. Russell Wilson loves tight ends. Um, Where do you sit on the passing game, the weapons that Russell Wilson has, and do you see any upgrades needed? Not at receiver. I, I I'm I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you on Tim Patrick. Okay. I think Tim Patrick is a Rod Smith type receiver, where he just does his work. He catches the ball. He makes plays. He's a reliable receiver. I don't think he's a number one, but I think he is a reliable number two. So in that sense, he's different from Rod Smith because Rod Smith was a generational one of the best receivers ever, and he should be in the Hall of Fame. But He's a he's a Rod Smith type of receiver where you can rely on him to make big big catches and key moments. That's Tim Patrick. I think he's a good number two behind Cortland Sutton. And then you have a number two already in Jerry Judy. So maybe they go out and they they get uh, a more reliable guy than KJ Hamler. But KJ Hamler could be that Tyler Lockett speed deep threat that Russell Wilson likes if mm-hmm. Hamler can stay healthy. In terms of tight end, I think Albert Bunam is a special talent. I think he is a freak athlete. Whether or not he can turn that into a playmaking tight end for Russell Wilson and in this Nathaniel Hackett offense, that has yet to be seen. I threw out, Mike Kliss threw out the idea of potentially Gronk. I don't know what that would look like. Maybe Robert Tanyan who was a tight end for Nathaniel Hackett with the Green Bay Packers. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, man, get Gerald Everett. Go or look Gerald back Everett. And look at the, they, he loved him, and it's not going to cost you that much. Yeah. I, I love Gerald Everett. He honestly had one of the worst games I've ever seen in my life, dropping a touchdown pass, fumbling at the goal line, and Russell Wilson just kept going right back to him. They have a great chemistry. Yeah. Really great. So I, I think in that sense, it makes sense. I would rather them – I think the number one goal for this offense – is to get the right tackle situation figured out. They need to get a right tackle. Now, obviously, Russell Wilson is one of those quarterbacks who's able to cover up the deficiencies on the offensive line, just like John Elway did through much most of his career, especially before Pat Bowen made the trade for Gary Zimmerman. And then with Peyton Manning, 
those offensive lines weren't exactly great when he was the, for the four years he was here. But I would love to see George Payton and the Broncos make right tackle a priority for the offense because to me that's a bigger issue than whether or not they have enough what I think they have plenty of weapons I think Cortland Sutton Tim Patrick Jerry Judy Albert O Javante Williams maybe they bring back Melvin Gordon I think Melvin Gordon and uh, Russell Wilson played together at Wisconsin I, I think Javante Williams is a very Marshawn Lynch-esque type of uh, runner and playmaker I don't think he's as big but it, it's very similar to beast mode with the way that he runs and the angry runs that Javante Williams gets so the, the offense is there it's just shoring up the pieces and I, I think I agree with you on tight end and I would love to make right tackle a priority I'm with you just get get Massey out of there so and the offensive line really did step up last year there's no question about it uh, 12 and a half wins that's what I'm setting it at is that too low or is that right where it should be I think 12 and 5 13 and 4 is the expectation in my eyes yeah I, I think that's where the books are going to set it I think you're right 12 and a half I think that's where they're going to set it I wouldn't be surprised if it goes higher than that because, I mean, this team is going to be fun to watch. They have one of the best defenses in football, even with, with Shelby Harris going out. And on defense, interior defensive line is going to be a priority. Edge is going to be a priority, perhaps middle linebacker. But the defense was already one of the best in football. It was top three in points and yards allowed. Now you're getting an offense that can score points, which is going to make the defense better. It's going to make the special teams better. So overall, this is what a quarterback like Russell Wilson does is it raises all boats. So I, 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 I'm with you on the 12 and a half wins. I think that's where the mark is going to be. I think they could get over it. I, I think they could realistically be 13 and four. I think they could be 14 and three. I, I think it, it, somewhere in that range is what it's going to look like. Is it Super Bowl or bust, or is there a little window here in year one where they can get to the playoffs, maybe win a game, and that's acceptable? I think it's important to go back to the Pat, to the Pat Bowen mantra. And I get it. Pat Bowen is uh, – he's passed on. He's no longer with the Broncos. But it's important to keep him and his beliefs and his goals alive, and that is to compete for a Super Bowl. So absolutely, it should be Super Bowl or bust for this team because if you don't want a Super Bowl, it's a failure. And I think Russell Wilson knows that. I think George Payton and Nathaniel Hackett know that. So absolutely, it's Super Bowl or bust. Whether or not they actually make it happen, we'll see because he's never played in an offense like Nathaniel Hackett has. He's been with Pete Carroll, who I joked on my Mile High Report radio podcast. He's stuck in the 1940s where it's about running the football and playing good defense, which is fine. But you have a Hall of Fame-level quarterback. Let him eat. And now he's going to be able to do that. So I think it's – I don't think it'll take much for Russell Wilson to get up to speed with the Nathaniel Hackett offense. And let's not forget, Nathaniel Hackett is a huge reason why a certain quarterback in Green Bay won back-to-back -back Super Bowl – or back-to-back -back MVPs, rather. So it's a system that will work. It's a system, a system that will benefit him. I think Super Bowl or bust, absolutely. Would you throw money on Russell Wilson 25 to 1 to win the MVP? Because it's good value. I, I think he's going to be incredibly motivated. And if you haven't looked at his social media or, or his Twitter feed, he put out a video of him training on Sunday. That's going to be the work ethic that he puts in. It's going to be what he expects from his teammates now in Denver. Yeah, I think it because it's good value. I think he's going to come he's in. so corny. He is. He's so he is so corny. I don't mind it, but you look at some of the stuff he puts out there on social media. You just go, "What is this dude thinking?" There was a funny one because I don't even remember. He was like, he has an alter ego, and he was asking his wife about it. And the headline was, "Russell Wilson after he takes his first edible in Colorado." You know, it's like <laughs> he's such a dork, and he's so awesome at being a quarterback. So. And I, the thing that's I think that's very similar is Peyton Manning is a dork. It, it, they're not like that. I mean, not it, like that. Not dude. like that. But Peyton Manning is—he has a very dry sense of humor. So I, I think, in those sense, I think they're—I'm I, I, just happy that the Broncos have a franchise quarterback again, and we're not having to to convince ourselves that Joe Flacco is elite or Case Keenum is going to be anything yeah. more than Case Keenum or Trevor Simeon, Paxton Lynch, 
Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke. I, I'm so glad that is over because this is going to be a fun team to watch. And I, I, I think the MVP value is there. If you think he's going to be able to do it, it, it is good value. So you're going to get a good return on your investment if that's something that you decide to, to put money on. And he's going to be motivated. I think just like Peyton Manning, he's going to be determined with this new opportunity in this offense, with this coaching staff, with these weapons and this defense. And then I said this on Twitter, the Broncos are now a very, a very attractive destination for free agents, but also potential buyers. And that's something that you can't put value on, especially if you look at the last six years. So the article on playcolorado.com with trade for Russell Wilson, the Denver Broncos reacquire NFL re uh, relevancy. So I highly recommend checking that out. Uh, they also go through the odds from yesterday, kind of like the emotional roller coaster everybody was on. Opens up at this number, then it goes skyrocketing. When Roger says he's not playing, then it comes back down. It's sitting at about 12 to 1 now. Uh, just about everywhere. Yep. Okay. So let's I, move on to the real quick. Yeah. I will Please say, take your time. In terms of uh, to, to bring it back to, to betting and gambling, we've talked about, I've said this to you before, as big as the market is, and we saw that in January with 574 million in handle, the Broncos are now relevant. I want to see when the March handle comes out, what do the numbers reflect? for futures. Now, obviously we're not going to be able to break down the football handle because that's not what the state or the uh, division of gaming do. I want to see what the March NFL handle looks like, because I think you're going to see such a, 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 a betting enthusiasm, not just enthusiasm for the return of the Broncos, but an enthusiasm over wanting to bet on this team. And I think you're going to see that reflected in the March handle. Yeah, I, again, I think this is great for business. As a fan, yes. You know, I just talked to Ryan Edwards, great for business. Any sports, sports talk show host, great for business. Any blog, any writer, great for business. Me, great for business. You, great for business. And now look at it. We got a, a Super Bowl contending football team, the MVP and a team that continues on the rise with the Nuggets, and the Avalanche, who I want to transition into right now, who are the Stanley Cup favorites, but they've been giving up some goals lately. And I don't know if there's a, a goaltender controversy, but you've been on this for a while. You've been saying they need to upgrade the defense. And it was a rough loss last night. It was the Devils. What the hell's going on with the Avs, my friend? What do they need to do here? Well, in the words of Jared Bednar, the head coach, they were trash against the Devils. <laughs> and that that's 100% the case and it was the case against uh, the Islanders where they were up five to one and they let the Islanders back into it and the Islanders aren't exactly the Islanders from a couple of years ago when they were in the Western or the Eastern Conference Finals rather competing to get to the Stanley Cup Finals this isn't the same Islanders so the fact that they're giving up leads they're not playing great defensively they can't win a face-off to save their life and now there's a goal, a, a goaltender controversy. The thing that I didn't understand, I went to the game against the Calgary Flames on Saturday. I love how you say Calgary, by the way, just like me, like a true Canadian. I I am a, well, I'm not Canadian, but. Me neither. I've just been watching hockey <laughs> so long. <laughs> I, I didn't understand why Jared Bednar pulled Darcy Kemper. I didn't understand it. He wasn't playing well, but after the game, he said it was a playoff game. This is the type of game that we needed. Is it? Then why did you pull Darcy Kemper? That doesn't wash. If he's going to be your number one goalie, why are you now all of a sudden having a goalie controversy because of the actions that you made as the coach to pull him? Since then, Darcy Kemper played okay. He, there were some moments that he was apparently making great saves against the Devils. But to me, it's all about the defense. After Devontae's and Kale McCarr, it drops off. Eric Johnson you don't know what you're going to get from him. He's too unreliable. Sam Gerrard reminds me too much of, Sam, uh, of Tyson Berry, where he's a great skater. He's a great offensive defenseman, but he is going to cost you at some point defensively. Joe Sackick has got to shore up his secondary defense 
if this team is going to get over that second round hurdle in the Western Conference playoffs. And they need to get Claude Giroux. Whatever it takes, they cannot win a faceoff. On Saturday against the Calgary Flames, Calgary was close to 70% on faceoff wins. You cannot win playoff games if you're losing 30% of your face or losing 70% of your faceoffs. You just cannot win in the playoffs if that's the case. So shore up the defense, get one or two secondary defensemen, and get Claude Giroux. Okay, the last one. This is a tough one, the Calvin Ridley situation. So for those of you who don't know, I'd be surprised if you didn't, but if you don't know, that's okay. He was uh, busted for gambling online, for sports betting online. That's a big no-no for NFL players. You're not allowed to do that. Uh, plus, he bet on the Falcons, and even though they did beat the Jaguars that week, what a horrible bet. I mean, the guy is just wasting money. And then he comes out, and he's just fighting it on Twitter. And I got into some really intense back-and-forth conversations, whether it be on Twitter or actually in person, about integrity. Now, the National Football League loves to preach about integrity, but there's no integrity. Look at Stephen Ross. Look at the garbage that these guys do. These owners are just, a lot of these owners seem to just be bad people. Dan Snyder, uh, Jerry Jones, not a great guy, right? So the integrity part, but I do think there is an integrity conversation here because the notion that a player, even if he's betting on another team, but if he wants to bet on his own team, if they're doing that, there's no way that they don't have an advantage. I don't care if Calvin Ridley wasn't talking to his team. He had to have known, well, this player's hurt or that player's hurt, or maybe you know, I've heard this and that. Integrity. You cannot question the outcome of a game. You have to go into a game thinking that it is not rigged. And even though this situation did, didn't, it, it didn't rig the games, in all likelihood, it's still dangerous. You tell me. What about integrity here? Does that really matter? And what are your takes on Ridley betting on the NFL? In terms of the integrity, I find it insulting that Roger Goodell and the lead and the league take a stricter stance on gambling than they do domestic violence. With domestic violence, there has not been a single player who has been suspended a year for what they do in terms of domestic violence. So in that sense, where's the integrity in that sense? So I, I, I laugh at that because it's hypocritical. But in terms of the gambling, absolutely, there's integrity at, uh, on the line. You cannot have players or coaches betting on the NFL. You cannot have them betting on the sport. This is what Pete Rose did. That's why Pete Rose is now banned for life yep. from the game of baseball. So in that sense, absolutely. You cannot have people questioning the game of football by having people like Kelvin Ridley bet on it. It goes back to the NBA. The, I mean, one of the longest running things about basketball is it's rigged. Look at the refereeing and the officiating in the National Basketball Association. It goes back to officials betting on the games. So in that sense, absolutely, there's integrity. You cannot have it. And I'm glad that Roger Goodell and the league stepped up, sent the message, you can't bet on this. But it makes me wonder, why not take the same stance against domestic violence? Where is the no tolerance for that? When it's just as serious as a problem, gambling, I mean, it's, it's problem gambling awareness month. That's what March is. Have limits in place. Know your limits, whether it's time on the, on whatever app you use or the money that you, you decide to, to play with. Have your limits in mind and know your limitations. But where is the same no tolerance for domestic violence? That's where the integrity of the league, you can't have it both ways. You also can't be betting on these games, though. Absolutely. I mean, let's just separate that, that aspect, the real-life domestic violence thing, and just focus on the betting. Yeah, you can't, do you you can't have it. You can't have it. We had a, we had a great story at playgeorgia.com, and sports betting is not legal in Georgia yet. Hopefully it's coming. We'll see. But it was a great story laying out why it can't happen and why Calvin Ridley shouldn't have done it. I mean, first, I mean, I don't want to joke about this, but he should have known not to bet on the Falcons. And he's doing parlays on top of that. So I, I, 
you cannot bet on any game, let alone the team you play for. You shouldn't be doing parlays. I mean, it's a great way. It's, it's fun. I, I I will add that. But you can't you can't have it. You cannot have the integrity of the game at stake. And one of the worst gambling takes that I saw when news of this broke on Monday is, well, we should allow players to be able to gamble on their teams. Really? So you want to have the potential of players knowing their props and knowing their results? Look at what happened to Antonio Brown. If you involve gambling in that, how do you oh. think that's going to play out? It's yeah. just a nightmare scenario. I'm glad that Roger Goodell and the league took this stance. I'm, I would have been, I think the better case for Calvin Ridley instead of tweeting through it was to just shut your mouth and take the L. But it's a learning opportunity. And I, I think that's the case now with sports betting arising in all, all sorts of, of states around the country. And it's, always, it's only going to continue from here. It's a good learning opportunity. It's a learning opportunity for for us who are in the industry and talk about it. It's a learning opportunity for the other people in uh, NFL media to talk about it and learn from it and not promote offshore sports books. That's the one thing that I wish would just go away is these professionals in the media who know better, who still promote offshore books. Stop doing it. And then hey, you know what? And better's yeah. learning from it. Yeah, it's it really is fascinating what's going on here. Um, but I, you know what my initial reaction was, Ian? I said people are going to blame this on legal gambling, on legal sports betting. Yeah. And I said, that's just asinine. And then I started thinking about it. He wouldn't have done it had there not been legal sports betting. So I do. Let's have an honest conversation here. It is. There is a there is a part of this where legal sports betting has at least played a role in betting on their teams. Do you agree or disagree? I'm not saying that the burden or the, the overwhelming uh, burden of here is on Calvin Ridley. It is, but how much does it have to do? Because he, I, I have a problem thinking he makes these bets if it wasn't that easy to bet on it. I think he would have done it regardless. I, I think really? he, I still think he would have done it at an offshore book. I still do. And the reason he got caught is because he did it at a legal book in Florida. Remember, the Hard Rock was launched for a, well, was like, like a couple of weeks. And then because of the continued, it's still going on, these lawsuits with the federal government and the state and the Seminole tribe. That's the reason he got caught. So in that sense, legal gambling worked. Because I still think he would have done it at an offshore book. I That's still think point. he would have done it because it's still there. People are still using offshore books, which blows my mind. I do not understand it. But, I yeah, I, I the reason he got caught was because of the legalized uh, betting that is now in the United States. And I think that's a win for legalized betting. And it's another reason why people should stop using offshore accounts. But I do think Calvin Ridley would have done it at an offshore book still. Fascinating. That's the best point I've heard anybody bring up. It, it was easy for him to do that. And you know what? It wasn't easy because my dad and my mom are out in Florida. And I think I, I may have told you this. I tried to sign up. And the day I tried to sign up, there was rumors that it was going to shut down. So I didn't deposit any money into it. And later that day, they were like, eh, we're done with betting for now. <laughs> And I, I Calvin got in there at like the exact worst time. Yeah, he did. Had he not been able to do it, maybe he goes to an offshore book and he doesn't get busted. Yeah, he, he from he, what he, I heard, uh, he actually said Calvin Ridley in his handle on Fandle. Is that true? I'm sure it is. I haven't seen I it. I mean, but I, I will say this is also another reason why why states need to get into legalized sports betting. It is happening, whether you know it or want it to or not. It's happening. So legalize it, get it regulated, and have your state benefit from it like Colorado does with 10% going to Colorado water. Take the benefits of it, tax it, have a regulated market, have a commission overseeing it, and this is what happens. It's protected. You make some great points, my friend, and a couple things I really hadn't even considered to that point. I right, plug everything you got going on, pal. 
um, because there's a lot going on at PlayColorado.com. There is, and there will be for a while. I I wasn't, I still wasn't able to watch the Avs. So even Russell, the, the news of Russell Wilson couldn't change that fact. But we'll be, I, I'm sure the Broncos betting page at PlayColorado.com is going to be a hot topic for the next couple of months. And now that we're going to get into the league, the league year next year with free agency, this is a great time to be a Colorado sports fan and PlayColorado.com will have all the information, news, analysis, opinions, features on not just sports, but casinos and lottery and all that stuff. It's your one-stop shop for all of that stuff to make you a safer and smarter, better. I, I'm running PlayGeorgia.com. I, I talked about the piece that we had on Kelvin Ridley. It ties in the other people who have been suspended for gambling in the NFL. I believe Ridley is now the fifth. So all kinds of stuff. And then, of course, we got March Madness coming up. I'm so happy March Madness is here. So happy. And I can't wait to see CSU in the Mountain West Conference Tournament, too. Got a futures on them. So it's going to be fun. See if that happens. My friend, always good catching up with you. Thank you so much. Ian St. Clair. Thanks to Ryan Edwards from Orange or Blue KOA. And uh, thanks for you. Thanks to you for listening. I appreciate it. Pretty cool times here in Denver right now. A little more energy, a little more buzz around town. Follow me on Twitter at Holden Radio. I'll be back tomorrow with another episode of the Denver CityCast presented by Brett Rivers.